0: I think I can hear you. Can you? Yeah. I could hear the ambient noise. That is
1: odd. Like, obviously. Brooklyn,
0: but still good. Still good. So, you know, I always get
1: to say, welcome to General Geekery, specifically.
0: It's a podcast. I'm Lou. I'm Ben.
1: And this is mustache day. Uh, So, I mustache you, Ben. (laughs) How does it feel joining the facial hair club? You've had a beard
0: before, a full on beard. Oh oh oh. Yes. Your yeah. future's so bright. Meow. I need to answer that question with another question. As a as, as a longtime beard wearer. Holy that, mother of God. Does that not bother you? I felt so happy to say, shave this off. I feel so
1: <laughs> naked without it. I feel like I feel like a child, not like oh. not like I feel young. I've cut 10 years off my life. I like no, I feel like I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm taking a psychology 101 class and I understand the human brain and I'm going around campus telling everybody how smart I am. Kind of young when I shave, I, I even, hate it. I even Can't bought, do it anymore.
0: I even bought like products. I bought like, like, uh, like not like a beard oil, but it's like a cream. that's supposed to like make like the fibers, like all soft. And I was like, oh, maybe yeah. this will get rid of the itching and all that guys. Yeah. Cause people go like, oh, it'll itch for like the first like week or something like that. And I was like, I grew that thing for a month. And it just it, the itching never went away. I just was constantly we, I have that problem doing this the entire time. So I just <laughs> no. So I shaved it yeah, d- d- into a during, mustache to to during, look ridiculous. During,
1: the, during during the time when you're not supposed to touch your face, you're just doing this all the
0: time. <laughs> I'm just in Lowe's, the one place it's open with like five thousand people just going ah.
1: Yeah. And like anything that the hair catches and like holds on to, <laughs> you're just like, like you just licking your fingers.
0: I've got like a whole, That's h- good stuff. I've got like a whole hibiscus just stuck right here. I was like, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't want to buy that. Sorry. That's, I was just Man, looking I, at that.
1: I don't know what's going on, but if you have to do like a home maintenance project right now, I do have a, a leaking tap on my house. The home Depot on your side of town has their shit together and um, it is, doesn't feel crowded even though there's a bunch of people there. There's a lot of space between people. Lows, uh, both of the lows seem to be like sketchy. My side of town, I walked in, we looked around. I was like, nope, I'm out. Because <laughs> everyone was like licking each other's faces. It's just
0: so weird. There's, I mean, there's no social distancing whatsoever. I walked through uh, Publix earlier today and I was walking past somebody in in the aisle and she literally like did one of these. like as I walked by and I was like, I'm as far away from you as I can possibly be in the aisle, but I don't know how like slightly just leaning back six to eight inches. I don't know how that's really going to help.
1: Well, you were five foot eight. (laughs) There it is. I also, Uh,
0: I also didn't realize, and I didn't, I didn't mean for us to launch into this, but I'm in the pod pad, the den of debate. So argument arena, (laughs) the center of conversation. So Uh, I'm going to launch into this is I didn't realize Publix had like arrows on the aisles of like which way you're supposed to go.
1: I've heard that some of the stores have that. I haven't seen that yet.
0: They do. They do have that in the Publix I went to. And I didn't realize that after I'd gone apparently the wrong way down one of the aisles. So, but then this creates a real logistical problem for me that makes it like one of those things that maybe I don't want to even go to that store is, and I understand what they're doing and I'm behind it. Don't get that wrong. But what I'm not behind is it's like okay, you can only go one direction down the aisle, and like the girl okay. that and like the girl that that bent back from me, right? You can't get within six feet of people. So that means if the aisle's not six feet wide, and you, you ha- all have people. to go one way, you can't pass people. So that means that you are subject to the slowest person in that aisle. You're behind grandma, and you're subject to that every aisle. So then, like a wave exponentially it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So were I to yep. adhere to the rules, if I needed something on four different aisles, I may be there for 20, 12 hours, 25 minutes. If I need something on every aisle, I die there. I die of thirst and starvation.
1: Uh, you know, as the founders
0: intended, I mean, I, I guess, but it won't be a COVID, I guess. So anyway, well, there so. You
1: go. <laughs> Oh, it's sunny side. Always sunny side. <laughs> Um, I've got uh, I've got a fun story.
0: Okay, go ahead. Hope it's better than my plight of trying to make it through a local Publix.
1: Ah, Man. <laughs> you didn't ask me to bring a good one. Um,
0: <laughs> I never. Have you forgot- heard about the? Go ahead. Sorry, I was just. Saying, I never got to the cantaloupe. Go ahead.
1: Uh, Have you heard any of the uh, apocryphal stories about the uh, the authorship of chess, about how it came around?
0: Uh, I haven't, but you know what? I feel like my time in that Publix was like playing chess. And I was merely, <laughs> I was merely a pawn and willing to be sacrificed pretty quickly. So did you castle, that's I love the castle move. I'm sorry. I suck at chess. I barely know where all the pieces go, but nothing makes you feel like more than a more of a badass than when you're like castle.
1: <laughs> like I move two pieces at once.
0: Yeah, I'm losing eight moves, Bobby Fisher. But you know what?
1: <laughs> yeah, castle. Boom. <laughs> check me, bitch.
0: That's not how that works. I actually start every match with reaching out my hand going, I'm offering you a draw. (laughs) (laughs) It's the closest I'll get to a win, but it seems like a power move.
1: (laughs) Well, um, chess is chess is like as old as time. And Chess is old as time. Uh, do, 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 do,
0: do. Then someone uh, castles, someone breaks. Okay, uh, you, you know what I was ma- saying.
1: Yep. Smash cut to our DMCA takedown from Disney. And <laughs> uh, <coughs> there's a lot of stories about the invention of chess. Right. Go ahead. Right. Um hard to pin down what's actually going on, but uh one of the one of the variants of the story says uh, the emperor the inventor of the chess shows it to uh, at the time the emperor of India. And the emperor is really impressed. He loves chess. He's like, this is great. Um, what, can, what can I give you? You can have anything you want. Just ask. You know, unless it's unreasonable, then I won't give it to you. So the uh, the inventor says, okay, cool. Um, I want rice. I want one grain of rice for the first square, two grains of rice for the second square, then double it, four grains of rice for the third square, eight for the fourth square, and so on. Right? So you get through the first three squares, it's like 256 grains of rice. Um, not a lot of rice. That's not even a meal right there, even on the first row. The Emperor says, Yeah, sure, no problem. You got it. All yours. Uh senses uh bean counters. No, what do you call account? I guess rice counters because he's counting rice. Senses a accountant off to go figure it out. A few days later the accountant comes back. Says, Hey, you know, you sent me uh to put this rice together for this chest thing. He says, Yeah, says, well, it would take more rice than we could grow in a hundred years to fill this request we can't do it like not it not only would just bankrupt us like it's physically impossible and the king you know doesn't want to renege on a on a deal you know brings the inventor in uh has him killed so that way he doesn't have to go back on his deal because there's no one to pay the rice to <laughs> um so this is something about greed no um <laughs> exponential growth is tricky it's scary
0: and it's hard to wrap, wrap your mind around like when we talk about something like exponentially you're like oh yeah parabola like I remember that like I've seen that on a board and stuff but it's hard to actually wrap your mind around the actual quantity of these things like I think and I'm not gonna lean too hard into this but when we think about how much money someone has you know the idea of someone has a million dollars or a billion dollars or a trillion dollars seems like step 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 in most people's minds but it's but it's not it's step right step unimaginable step.
1: Yeah. And you know again that that, for that eighth square is uh ends up being uh to the seventh shift start to the zero. So basically you end up with um 256 grains of rice in the first row. Um I'm probably off by one somewhere when I throw all these numbers out today.
0: No, no, no. Or, listen, or listen, power. I but need yeah. you to get these exactly right, all right? Our listeners don't need to think maybe it was a 5 or maybe a 4. We need specificity.
1: From alpha to the eighth minus one.
0: <laughs> I say that, <laughs> and I read your notes on this, and I was like, "There's too many numbers." Like, there's a point that, at which reading that, a there's I'm a point at to... which reading numbers of someone who studied math, and I know you're like, "I don't do calcuta- calculations," but I did learn math. I I I did study math uh, in higher education, and I looked at the number of numbers there, and there's a part of me that's like. Yeah, we'll take a second and read all of them. And there's another part of me that goes, you know what? No, that many numbers. And maybe this is a downfall of most people watching the news. I, I see that many numbers. And I go, well, obviously, he knows what he's talking about. Look at all those numbers. It's a shit ton of numbers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. Is,
0: I, um, I Especially all that if you use like the exponent. If you use like an E E to an nth, like, no, 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 no. No, he obviously yeah. is an expert.
1: Yeah, I, I went through the whole thing just to prove to myself that I had everything right, and I was like, okay, cool. I could probably summarize these in notes. Nah, it's fine. I'll just look, I'll, I'll I'll know what I need now. So, um, it's 255 grains of rice for the first row of the board. There's eight rows. 255 grains of rice is not even one meal. Like, it's it's not. Um. So, how fast could it grow? It goes from not even a meal in the first row. You only have seven more rows. To um, we couldn't do this in a hundred years, right? because exponents are tricky, tricky little sons of guns. It turns out that it's let's see here <sighs> um the total number of grains of rice is eighteen uh is one eight four four six seven four four. Zero seven three 7, i 5, 5, I'm not done yet 615 got this from Wolfram Alpha that's 18 quintillion 446 quadrillion 744 trillion 73 billion now we're kind of under a Bezos of rice Seven hundred nine <laughs> million, five hundred fifty one thousand, six hundred fifteen.
0: I like that a Bezos is a watermark and also you might as well just say googleplex there is a googleplex of rice It's it's
1: crazy. It's just (laughs) it's mind blowing because there's only sixty-four squares on the board. Um I pulled I pulled some numbers, um, just from you know, internet searches. Um Ricepedia apparently exists.
0: Oh, you didn't know about that already? I go to white ricepedia, but you know, there's also a brown ricepedia. Um there's a jasmine ricepedia. Listen, there's all sorts of things. I'd stay red away from the red, red beans and rice. go ahead
1: the um the rice says today now not in you know ancient imperial india today globally globally we produce 700 million raw tons of rice that works out to like 460 tons of what you buy in bags and stuff in the store but um if we're looking at raw tons because we're talking maybe a doubling we're talking one square on the chessboard up or down when you're talking a doubling, it's one square on a chessboard. We're talking 63 or 65 square chessboard. I'm not going to worry about doing that conversion to 460. It just doesn't make any sense at this point. It doesn't make a big difference. Um, sorry, is nine quintillion better? Would it be 36 quintillion? Like, it, it doesn't matter. There's those right. numbers. <laughs> right. Um, so one ton is roughly 36,000, 36 million, 36, 590,000 grains of rice. Right. Jeez. Roughly. Right. Um, if you if you do that uh if you do that math and figure that out, you need five hundred and four billion, a 146,042 tons to fulfill the obligation of chess with thirty-two million seven hundred and seventy one thousand six hundred and fifty grains left over. Almost Are, another ton.
0: So I I'm not gonna ask you to do this on the fly, but I'm just trying to put this into practical scale. So, like for instance, like When I did, and and this is like, how did you know? So how do you know somebody's a triathlete? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Is how you know somebody does CrossFit. uh, 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 CrossFit. Don't worry, they'll tell you. Is when people used to ask me like, like, oh, you did like a a full Ironman. How far is that? And for us here in Athens, I'm like, oh, well, that's like, I swam to that road a couple of miles down the road, and then I rode my bike to Atlanta and back, and then I started a marathon. Um, (laughs) and I say that to say this is. To try and put that in practical terms, that sounds like, and I'm not going to ask you to do the math immediately right here, but just give me in the ballpark. That sounds like a Grand Canyon of rice. Yeah, I, That, that um, sounds like, and actually, it's, let me put a scale. That sounds somewhere between a Grand Canyon of rice and a small moon of rice. That's no moon. Like that's, yeah. that's where that that ridiculous volume seems to be.
1: Well, and that's the problem is I throw all these numbers out just to kind of overwhelm and baffle, uh, because there is no there's no scale that we can make this practical or we could really understand this. Like it's just not possible because it's so massive. I started looking at universal or galactic scales, like how many number of atoms, how many number of stars? It's less than that. It's not a (laughs) moon of rice. So it is less than that. But um if you were to produce all the rice you needed for to fulfill this chess uh obligation with today's production globally there would be 654 years it would take you at today's production level okay for something that wouldn't make one meal on one row the other seven rows get you to a point where it takes 654 years of today's rice uh, production wolf alpha says that's 66.4 tons for every man woman and child on the planet at 2018 population <laughs> estimate now
0: I think okay, it's closer cool. to moon than Grand Canyon.
1: What is what is 66.4 tons like? What does that even mean, right? Like one pound of uncooked rice is about 1600 calories. If a random Reddit thread is to be believed, let's go with it.
0: <laughs> I mean, that we're means- this far in now. I mean, we're not going to question like the fourth level of uh, of of information at this point. Let's just extrapolate out and just assume within some sort of order of magnitude of being correct,
1: right? Um sixteen hundred uh calories, two thousand pounds to a ton, sixty six point 6. four tons for every man, woman, and child, right? Right is two hundred and twelve million four hundred and eighty thousand calories. What is that? What does that mean? Assume two thousand calories a day.
0: That's it means it, well, pounds and, it, it means uh, I can swim to the road down the road. It means I can <laughs> ride my bike to Atlanta and back, and then I can run a marathon.
1: If the if the inventor of chess got his <laughs> right or her right, I don't know. If the inventor of chess got their rice their rice, <laughs> and they time traveled to today, well, 2018 population estimates from Wolfram, uh, Wolfram alpha, that person could give every man, woman and child on this planet for going themselves, I guess, uh, <laughs> 291.1 years of food for rice, three times like your best estimate of life. Right. Right. But how
0: much pink sauce could they provide? That's the question.
1: I see, and that is that is where the genie got him.
0: (laughs) It's like, see, that's what happened. That's what. That's what. I have
1: time now, and he breaks his glasses. It's like I have rice now. (laughs) Where's my pink sauce?
0: (laughs) See, it's just like bedazzled. Like I say, as I start most sentences, it's just like bedazzled.
1: (laughs) Yep. So, and I say that to say, just exponents are fast, and they get out of hand quickly, and it's it's a matter of just a few squares on the chessboard, you reach a tipping point where it is literally a question of one or two squares in the chessboard before you go from, Oh, cool. I have a bag of rice I could eat for a few days and I'm drowning in rice. I'm about to be crushed by rice. It happens very quickly. And when you hit that tipping point, it's, it's too late already. You can't wait for it to get bad.
0: Right. You know what this sounds like, and this is not to be like, like depressing, but, Uh, but someone saying something like that ends up being like, Oh, let me say something depressing is, um, (laughs) like what that sounds like is saying, okay, yes, and is saying like, here's like, I just want a grain of rice for that square. Okay. It doesn't seem that bad, but it's going to get bigger, but let's just focus on that part. That's kind of like a variable rate mortgage. Like how we got into a lot of these problems with houses where people are like, we're going to give you a mortgage. It's going to be like 0.001% in this first square. I mean, year. And then it's like, okay, well, what happens later years? Well, it could go up. It might not. Yeah. It's not going to be that bad. And then it's like, oh, you have a twenty-five percent mortgage. Like, yeah. oh, we're in the thirtieth square, and you you have a Volvo worth of rice you need.
1: But even that would be with exponentiation from two, would be like two, four, eight, sixteen. Already sixteen, you're there. At Thirty-two, you've dwarfed it. So
0: we're talking just a few squares, right? Right. Like,
1: because it it just catches up so quickly, um and w- if it's tripling,
0: right, which is true. My example is yeah. variable yet linear, you are right, it yeah. does scale so rapidly,
1: and with tripling it grows even faster, so that's just powers a two, so at powers of three, um all it would take is forty one squares to dwarf the chessboard request to sixty four squares, and it's roughly double at thirty six quintillion. give or take a few. I'm not doing the rest it moves very quickly and you hit your tipping points. Once you hit your tipping point, it's too late. It's it's just that they're weird, weird numbers, man. It's exponents are beautiful, but scary. So what happens
0: when you fork their rook?
1: <sighs>
0: <laughs> you see, cause there's rights and there's force. You yeah. know what? I shouldn't have to explain it. Yeah. It was a bad joke to begin with. I apologize to everybody. I blame, I blame left. me completely. <matter>.
1: You you caught me you caught me speechless so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna top your sad story with another sad story.
0: Okay, go ahead. That's your punishment. <laughs> and well and welcome to sad stories. My name's Ben.
1: And my name is Lou.
0: And <laughs> oh God! Oh. All right, go ahead. <laughs> this is
1: something I I didn't know until the other day when I was watching Picard.
0: Oh, um, how is it? It's really good. It's really I, saw, good. I, I was... saw that they're doing, this is not a plug. This is not brought to you by, but I saw that they were doing like a month free of the CBS all access. Oh. And I was really excited to see it. Cause I also want to see discovery. I haven't seen any discovery. I haven't seen any Picard and you would think, Oh, you know, he, he pr- proclaims to be you know, a Star Trek fan, but I, I just didn't want to pay for another subscription service. I was oh, like, yeah, eventually I'll just put it on my Plex server or something like that. But, given the month free, I'm like, you know what though? If Picard is that good, I might buy into it. But then I also don't want to buy into this. Like, but now you have to pay for CBS all access. And then you have to pay for Peacock, the NBC all access. And then, you know, and we already have the ABC stuff because that's Disney all access, but that's a little different with Disney all access Uh, going with traditional, you know, companies like NBC and, and CBS and saying like, we want you to pay the same amount of money that you would pay for like <clears throat> excuse me, that you would pay for like Fox or, I'm sorry, that you would pay for like HBO to pay for like Fox and CBS and NBC. I just don't think I can shell out that kind of money for that. But that said, <clears throat> there's no more compelling entertainment out there than uh, wanting to see Picard, wanting mm-hmm. to see Discovery, wanting to see uh, Jordan Peele's uh, Twilight Zone. There's those yeah. three things are right at the top of my list of like, I don't want to pay for anything else, but I really <laughs> want to see these three things.
1: Yeah. Um, Picard's good. I was I was disappointed at first because I thought it was going to be really? like, I thought it was going to be the Picard's adventure on a winery.
0: <laughs> you just and wanted to see Picard like his, it like, like he's like, well, I'm trying to sell the, these wines, but you know, uh, uh, what year is it set? Crap. I should know this. What year is Picard set?
1: Oh, uh, I don't, I honestly don't know.
0: Like, let's pretend it's like thirty four twenty four. Like, I don't even know what
1: 3500, wouldn't
0: it? It's 35 something. I, guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so let's pretend it's, it's 3550 and it's like, oh man, 3550 was not really the crop I was hoping for. 3549 was a great Pinot, you know, right. that, that moved really well. Like, I like that you, that you wanted to see him walk around with like maybe a dog and they go home at night and then they go to play chess and they bet rice. Um... <laughs>
1: yeah no exactly um and then he tells the story of with dramatic effect and great pull of how exponents work <laughs> and you're like man i just do a podcast about it. those guys sucked <laughs> um but yeah he's you know uh they do they do make a they do make a wine vintage joke at the one point but i thought it was gonna be like him hunting down you know oh, i see the pill bugs have gotten my wine i don't know why that was like a Badass, like a bad, awful Connery instead of a Picard. A little
0: bit Connery on that.
1: Yeah, I don't have a Picard, but uh, (laughs) welcome to
0: the vine. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there. I'll do. I'll do a worse Connery, so your Connery doesn't sound so bad.
1: If the rock, if the rock took place on a a vineyard, like all of a sudden. But anyway, yeah, I wanted like
0: Michael Bay just throws cameras under vines and just bounces around. Yeah,
1: I wanted to walk around drinking his Earl Grey tea hot, looking for pill bugs and trying to like protect his plants no it's it's another you know um it, it becomes uh in certain parts like a high octane um star trek like you're used to um but very enjoyable like i kind of like i was like yes Picard winery adventures maybe he'll be like a little hometown detective it's like you know um Nancy Drew or something like that boxcar children kind of thing no oh okay i mean he's putting together he's putting together a crew Oh no. Okay. Actually, this is really good. So um, I won't say more than that, but it was like a little get through the first three episodes because if you get the disappointed as to where it's going, you will like, you'll like it or you'll say, no, you know what? This is way better than what Lou is an idiot. This is way better.
0: So Um, I've only seen the the previews. So feel free to either say yes, no, or not going to answer. Okay. So obviously he gets pulled from his retirement. He's no longer in the vineyards does he get to captain a ship again? You can say yes, no, or I'm not going to answer. Does he become the captain of a ship?
1: I'm not far enough in it. Um, to be able to answer that unclear. Um, I think you, I think, I think you need to watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, but I'll pull, I'll pull the big punch for you now.
0: Okay, go ahead. This is not a spoiler. I already know that Jonathan Frakes is in it. So, or at least in an episode. And Brent Spiner.
1: Yes. Um. So Brent Spiner's definitely in it reprising his role as data. Which
0: um, he has some time since he's done Independence Day Resurgence because I'm sure he probably lost money on that. So he <laughs> needs to make up the fact. I watched that god awful movie. And I, when you told me, <clears throat> when you told me you were like, don't waste your time with that and you're like if you do just make sure you're like well well into your bath there's not enough beverages on the planet it, the setup was fine and i'm sorry to be tangential but i'm in your chair so i'm going to be i'm going to be tangential yeah. is is independence day resurgence setup was great like i was like oh this is going to be really good like it's kind of odd the way they kind of wrote out will smith with just like one line to be like hey you remember your dad died that's what we named this hangar after anyway you're all going to go fight um but Brent Spiner is so integral to the entire story, which I thought was like, Oh, this is going to be great. And he's going to be such a big part of it. And right. You know, Jeff Goldblum, how can you go wrong with Jeff Goldblum? They
1: Jeff Goldblum it, explains the world is great. Also.
0: Oh, also incredible. I've all got, right. I've got to finish all those, but the movie after the setup just immediately nosedives into like worse than a sci-fi B movie, <laughs> like at least sci-fi movies, Sifi, sorry. At least CP movies, they know that they're like, obviously no one's taking this serious. We don't have to actually work on transitions and coherency and making sure everything works. They just jump to the next thing and they're like, why'd you do that? I don't know. It's funny. Smash cut. And so they go to the next thing. Resurgence. is bad. Mama's mama's angry. And it's like, Katie walked in at the very end of the movie and I was like, oh, well, that's, well, that's the mom of all the, she goes. You didn't have to tell me that. Like, I can look at this and go, that's exactly what that is. It's dumb as shit.
1: Smash cut to the next thing. Why? Because we can't get our way out of this plot hole. Um,
0: (laughs) So anyway, that aside.
1: So data, data um, is, data is, um, shows up in Picard. So the, I was, I was thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute. What was, what was the name of his inventor? Um, Oh, um, soon.
0: soon. I was, I, it always yep. makes me think of river song. It makes me go back to like, yep. uh, uh, Dr. Who's so nice. Cool.
1: Um, but it's it, you're right.
0: Yeah. No, sorry. I was just gonna say yeah. it's weird that my mind put those things together, but I never like am able to find either one. Does that make sense? Like it just confuses me further. Like that's the way my mind works It's like, Right. I made the connection between the both of them, but I never the two, like, never the two shall meet. And I like, I just, uh, my mind right. just goes. Right, they you both just war tracked yourself. They both sound kind of similar, but I'll never remember either one of them. Anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, I know the it looked, looked like yourself. I know it looked like I was stroking out, but that's kind of how my mind works. So
1: yeah, um, yeah, it's a war trek. Get... <laughs> Wait, these aren't the same thing. Oh crap. Um. So, uh, his, his inventor is Nuniunsoon, is brilliant inventor that's how you got the positronic brain. Like it it had to be him. Um, You also had Khan Noonie and Singh from the original series. And then the reboot.
0: Yes. Khan. Khan, Right. Khan. Yeah. Um, The gone.
1: Who is also one of the most brilliant minds in the universe. Genetically engineered for that. Also a great combat, you know, it
0: might be be one of my favorite anti-heroes because he was, I mean, yes, he was the antithesis in, in two, but, in wrath, but you kind of liked him. Yeah, like he just kinda had like you get why people follow him. Like he just seems like he's the smartest guy in the room at any time. Right. Montigo. Not- Montigo. I was trying to Montego. think of his name. Monte. Uh, that's right. Montabon or something like that. Oh no, Ricardo Montabon. Ricardo Montabon. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Uh you're thinking of Montoya.
0: I am. Yeah. Which one had which one had six figures on one hand? <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um they, but it's it's no coincidence that their names are similar um and that the, the they're Soons. both brilliant to, to, the, for, so, for, for clarification Soon. yeah 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 um not, uh, Soong and Khan uh Noonien Singh right. um, no no coincidence their names are similar no coincidence that they're both really good at what they do and that they're you know oh they're so inspirational you could totally follow Khan like you get it like they're it was intentional he wanted to make these bigger than life characters because um apparently when Gene Roddenberry was in World War II and um he uh he met uh he met a Chinese pilot who uh we were working with at the time uh befriended him and then after the war you know it was pre-internet um and then you had the um uh you had communism rise in China Post wasn't really getting through to each other. Like he know we keep in touch with him. so he lost fr- uh contact with his friend. N- his friend's name is Kim Noonan Singh. So he put that name um in Star Trek uh two, the movie, and the, the
0: wrath of God. And, and the
1: show. Yeah, and the yeah. show, the episode he was in. Yeah, yeah But he yeah. put that that's he, right, he same actor, all-
0: same character, all that was recurring. Yeah, yeah,
1: It was it was all written as some completely different name. And Rob came in and said, No, this is the name it's gonna be, because this is the big character. Because he, he was hoping that it would get shown somewhere in China and his friend would see it and see Gene Roddenberry's name and contact Star Trek. Because he figured his friend never knew he worked on Star Trek, right? Right. Um, all he wanted to do was get back in touch with his friend. And then he redid it with Noonie and Soong and um, in The Next Generation. And apparently he, like, he never made contact with his friend again. And see, that bed.
0: that is heartbreaking. Think about how deep that tie is. Right. That you're like like I really want to reach out to this person. And look at the benefit of what we have of living in the time that we do is that we can get on social media and like find people, you know, that like you know I'm adopted and I was able to go reach through the internet and actually find, you know, who my, you know, biological family are and, and things like that. This guy made a cornerstone of pop culture that we still talk about, not just talk about, I'm willing to possibly still spend consuming. $9.99 on CBS All Access right? to see the, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of the things that he built. And then that far down the line, he would probably, I'm not going to speak for him, because obviously he's not here and I don't know Gene Roddenberry, but it sounds like he would have given at least a large portion of that just to have contacted and had, first contact, no pun, I know, we're all waiting <laughs> on it, yeah um, with with his old friend, like he would have given up so much of this just to reconnect with his old friend that yeah. is incredible.
1: And someone who, at the time, especially when the original series was out, had a massive show. He had one of the biggest reaches of anybody in the world at that time. You know, I'm not saying he was really rich or anything at that point. I don't know how much I got him, probably not that much, but he had the ability to get a message out very very far um as you were saying this is pre-internet right you know he can't just like troll around on facebook um it's just uh, the lengths he went to
0: something i thought was always interesting about gene roddenberry because i was obviously my dad was a big uh tos fan i was a big tng fan um and he and i really bonded over tng Something i always found was really interesting and i asked him i was like very early on i was like why do all the aliens look like us like all the aliens, like all right. look like humans. What are the odds of aliens looking like humans? And, uh, and something he repeated that was of Gene Roddenberry. He goes, well, Gene Roddenberry said, I want all the life forms to look human so that you can relate to them. If you see something that doesn't look human, uh, and not that they were pitted against star Wars, but there's always the comparison. Cause these are the, the two big space drama things that are going on, at least in, in, in movies and television is, it's like, well, if you see something that doesn't look anything like you, like you can't emotionally connect to a Sarlacc, you know, like yeah. it, it's it's difficult to make that connection. But if you shorten that bridge of just going, yeah, they're Klingon, but they look like us. Yes, they're Romulans, but they look like us it, to a certain extent. It's like, well, but shouldn't we make aliens look vastly different than us? It's like, no, but if we want to be able to empathize, you need to kind of make them look like humans. So yeah, I but thought the watcher is
1: really the weak link. What's that? The Watcher is really the weak link.
0: Right. So it's a very humanistic approach to go, even those that are most different than us are more similar than they are different. And what he's trying to connect, make there are connections between us and and other races, and ultimately kind of sad and tragic, him and this other person that is alien to him of being of another country and wanting to make that connection of, yeah, this person comes from another country, but we can be best friends with Klingons. And he was reaching out to his... Klingon friend for lack of a better term and never was able to make that connection that he wanted to make.
1: And I look at it, look at a new hope. When you start off battle scene, it's droids. One of two is human looking and humans on both sides. You got a guy in a dark mask, but humanoid. Um, but it's humans, humans, humans. You land on a planet, find a bunch of humans. Then what Jawas, they're kind of humanoid, but they're short. They have no faces. And like, I, I remember thinking, of, oh, you know, they're just, they're just, they're just scavengers. They're, they're, they're savage.
0: Right. 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 They're, they're not Aboriginal they savages, savages. Yeah. Yeah. They're can't what you see in the jungle crews Like, like they're just, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, right. they're not humanistic at all.
1: Right. Exactly. And it's, it, it, they, you just get that, they go right in that box right away because they have no faces, they're too short and they're just, they're trying to rip off, they're trying to rip off poor uncle Owen, who really was kind of a jerk but but they're trying to rip they're trying to rip him off and you side with uncle owen right um then you know we go on um we have we have sand people and it almost sounds like that's a slur and they're just out there they're <laughs> savages um
0: is that what was it what was it we said in the other podcast it was like a tube rider or something like that yeah like <laughs> a tuber yeah. yeah we called people that rode subways tubers yeah tubers. that's yeah. sand sand people sounds like calling somebody a tuber it's like Oh, well, he used to be a tuber, but now he's a sand person. Oh, he moved out west. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally moved out right. west.
1: And I don't think strap hangers <laughs> any better, but, you know, it's like all, they all sound they, it all, and it all sounds and seems dirty. And then you go into you go into town. um, You go to the most uh, the most wretched sky, uh, um, the most wretched hive of scum and villainy.
0: Exactly. And it's I was, a bunch I was of waiting aliens. for it. I, I wanted to jump in earlier, but I yeah. wanted to let you have that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a bunch of aliens once again it's an awful place because it's filled with aliens so that's a really great point
0: i was waiting to tell you this but um i don't like you either (laughs) you know that's my sorry you know that's my like maybe my favorite line in all of star wars and just because it's it's almost comedic it's so early on in all of the star wars stuff it's 1977 we're still setting the scenes we haven't even seen han solo yet and just yet having the exchange where somebody walks up and goes he didn't like you Okay, I don't like you either. Like, it's so almost unintentionally uh, yeah. comedic that it's something that's said in our house almost all the time. It's like someone's like, I don't like this. And it's like, it doesn't like you either.
1: Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, get it in your feed because we're wanted men and you want more of this.
0: Exactly. Listen, we always shoot first. But um, speaking of media. Go ahead.
1: You've been watching a new show.
0: Uh, Yeah, I have been watching. uh, Well, not new show, but yeah, I've been watching a show. New to you. New to me. So anybody that knows me knows this, is that I have a huge man crush on Donald Glover, uh, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, a.k.a. the man I want to meet and possibly cuddle with. I mean, I love everything that he has done. Um, Apparently, he started as a writer on 30 Rock and then moved into... Uh, the Joel McHale vehicle community and then, you know, a number of other things, <clears throat> rap career, everything else. I had never seen community. And that was kind of what I guess really. And uh, the show Atlanta is incredible. Let me not brush past that. Um, <laughs> sure. But uh, so I felt like I need to go back and watch community. So we recently just went back with our, our downtime, our quarantine time, uh, watching community. And we started right off the bat. I remember it being like pretty cleverly written and things like that. And I really had, didn't have a chance to watch a lot of them. Show's really really good, um, and I have some other shows that people are watching in quarantine that I need to mention to you because I also have a friend that's watching every Simpsons episode. So <laughs> let us not get down that track, but we will come back to that There's at, a, at another time. Yeah, he burned through the first five in like the first day. So <laughs> uh, shout out to new. So anyway, um, Community is an incredible show, at least from what I've seen for the first few seasons or for first few episodes. But what jumped out at me and what I was mentioning to you earlier about was one of the first episodes they have is as everybody's kind of learning to be a community together, they had to participate in a psychology experiment. And so the experiment was, the, as with a lot of college experiments, what you think is the experiment is not the experiment. What you're told is the experiment is not the experiment. They were told, like, hey, come to this thing and the experiment will start in like five minutes. Right. And somebody comes in and they go, hey, the experiment's going to start in like five minutes. And then they leave. And then, like, half an hour later, they walk back in and they go, hey, the experiment's going to, sorry, everything's late. We're going to start in like five minutes. And then they just wait to see what social social dynamics and degradations come of that. So as I was watching, the reason I brought it up to you is I was like, I've been in that experiment. I actually did that at UGA. But the one that we did was me and my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Um, but girlfriend at the time we signed up for an experiment. And it's one of those things where they're like, we're going to give you 60 bucks. Uh Show up to this experiment. So we showed up and it was like supposed to start at like three, and we show up like outside of a room. There's some chairs to sit and wait, and it's us and like three other couples, and we're all sitting there talking everything else. And then a person comes by and they go, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna run the experiment, but we don't have the key to unlock the door. I gotta go like find the key to unlock the door." And then they go for like 30 minutes, and then they come back and they're like, "Uh, yeah, the professor has the key, but uh, I have to wait on the professor to get it." So they said they can be here within like an hour or so. If you guys can just hang out and then they leave. And obviously there's windows around us that it's like, after a while you're kind of like, I wonder if they're watching us through these windows. But anyway, right. you sit there and you talk. And what's interesting was you got paid because you have to be a couple and you have to be a couple of over, I think it was over a year. Okay. But this is in college. This is undergrads in college. Right. How many people are really with somebody that long in college? Yeah. But if you dangle $60 a person, you're like, Hey, listen, you get 60 bucks. I get 60 bucks. We go do this thing afterwards. Let's go out, like have a nice dinner. buy Bev's. Like we're going to have a great time.
1: That, that would have ended my relationship because <laughs> I would have stayed there for 60 bucks. I could feed myself for a week in college. I would have stayed there like days until I got my check, then give him five more minutes.
0: Well, so we were there. I think it was going on about an hour and a half after it was supposed to start when people start going, hey, I don't know if we're really going to stay for that. And the whole time we're sitting there talking, like all the other couples almost within like the first 10 minutes were like, yeah, no, no, no. We're like not even a couple at all. Like we're just doing this for the money. <laughs> or they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like hooked up like like two days ago. But like whatever. I'm going to do this for the money. And so Kay- Katie and I were the only ones that were like, <laughs> we've been dating since I was. So like we actually sit here and wait. And then they keep coming back. And after two hours, all the other couples just leave. They're all just like, peace out. We're not going to do this. And so they just peace out. And they're like, I- it's not worth the money. I'm not sitting here. I'm not doing this. And so then they come back and they go, where'd everybody else go? And they're like, oh, they left. And they're like, oh, good. Well, that was the experiment. So here's your money. And so they hand us the money and we just, and we're like, that was the experiment. And they go, yeah and, yeah, and we just, we won. We it's won like the- get a
1: new car. It's like get a new car by <laughs> holding your hand on the car.
0: It's exactly what that's like. And we left. But then I realized as I like studied Th- psychology,
1: you want everybody else's money too. Oh, right. right. they said they'd be back. They said, give me their money and I'll, I'll give it to them.
0: I'll make sure they get that.
1: Yeah, um, I got their Venmo.
0: But no, we did, Um, because I studied psychology for a little while at UGA. I was minoring in it. And so I participated in some of those studies. And that's most of the studies are just effing with people. Like, <laughs> Like one of the studies that we did, and I think you're familiar with this, is in the psychology building. There are these rooms that it's a room, but the room is smaller than the room. I know that's weird yeah. to describe. You open the door and you step up into a room, but the ceiling is low and do, you yeah. step up into it. And it's just plastic walls around you and like a desk with like a dying plant and like a a cabinet. And they're like, sit here and answer this questionnaire. And the questionnaire is like, do you feel stressed? How do you feel under pressure? Do you get nervous when people watch you? How how do you, how do you feel right now? And and so then I got to actually participate in like giving those tests. And I was like, this is kind of mean. And they're like, yeah, you should have seen the shit they did in the sixties. Like, actually like, before some IRB the, came around. Some of the tests were like pretending to give shocks to people. That was the real Milder famous McSada. one. Yeah, yeah Milder, exactly. Milder, yeah. So some of the tests were like pretending to give shocks to people. And they're like, so you pretend? They're like, well, yeah, we used to do the real thing. <laughs> we used to shock the shit out of people. But then they're like, ah, maybe we just pretend and tell them we did.
1: It's nuts. And uh, it's it's just so weird. Those rooms were so, so creepy. I they're like little those, prison like, cells. Like, it's just all you need to do is oriented so that the interviewer is sitting between you and the door to just make it like the perfect polygraph room. Like it, it is, they're so bad. I hated those rooms.
0: So anyway, we got 120 bucks and bought some sushi. So I'm I feeling see. pretty good about that.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, 120 now, bucks. That would, uh, that, that would, that would get you actually, you don't need 120 bucks for oil.
0: I was about to say, listen, you're so good at this. I was literally about to say 120 bucks, filled up our gas tank and got us dinner that night. So sp- right? speaking of filling up gas tapes with petrol uh, <laughs> I believe you have our next subject it's oh, bad no, was, It's bad yeah. when both of us are racing for the transition. <laughs> Who can segue faster?
1: We're like, oh man we got, i got I got eat dinner i got, <laughs> I got things to do I, my, my drink's getting low uh-huh. <laughs> No, I stole the segue from you because I also have the timer in front of me, so I'm looking at it. Oh, like, nice! I gotta
0: cut this. You do. It's a little different from the other side, isn't it? <laughs> Shit, I gotta take all this stuff that he's saying and cut it.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we we were we were trading a few texts on this. Uh, oil went below, went below zero.
0: Went below zero. I didn't know that was possible.
1: Well, it is, but it's not all that it sounds like. And I didn't take a lot of notes on this because there were a lot of different uh conflicting articles and I fell down several rabbit holes and I said, I just need to back away. But uh the first thing I learned, oil goes below zero. No, that doesn't mean uh you're gonna you know get paid at at the pump. Like the gas station shell station's not gonna charge you a negative amount. Uh like credit your card, I guess. Because that was for raw oil, and it wasn't just this is the price on very specific thing, right? Because there are different oils all over the globe. Now, I don't know if it's even possible to say um, invest or arbitrage into like Saudi Aramco oil because it's all royal family owned. They own the entire infrastructure. Uh, much of the Western oil is a bit different. If you have an oil, if you have um, oil production, then you have to send it somewhere, right? Then it stays in the tank farm, right? That tank farm usually goes to a refinery, however, there are also private tank farms that, if you are an oil buyer, you can buy oil, hold it in the tank farm, and sell it to the refinery right and the tank farm literally their job is owning tanks and selling that service to you right and they hook up to the pipes because, and that's
0: and as I understand it that's what we ran out of because what, right. what i what I was reading was like worldwide or oil didn't go to zero right u s production outpaced where we can put it.
1: And, and it was one oil field or one range of oil fields. It wasn't even the whole US.
0: Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um so all I know is that we outpaced where we can put it. And so it got right. to a point where I think four dollars and some odd, like four ninety-seven or something like I know it's four something. Uh negative four something was the price where it was the oil producers would have to pay four dollars and some odd cents for other people to take it off their hands otherwise they just wouldn't have a place to put the, their oil. So it was negative 4 something, but it was only US is what I understand that to be.
1: Um yeah, it and it's just it's just the one contract. It it it, it when right. it went low, it went down to negative $37. 37 Oh, it went that far. Price. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Once,
1: once it went negative, it went nuts because um it also there's lots of oil, so it's the price of that contract and it wasn't just the price of oil from that region. What it was is that this week, Tuesday was Sunday now. So what was that? The 21st or whatever.
0: Um, Something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, 20th, 21st, whatever it was, doesn't matter. 22nd. Um, That's the day the contract ends. Now that was a contract for May delivery. If you hold this contract, if you buy the contract, then, um, The contract closes, or the market for that contract closes in April. Whoever's holding the contract has to take delivery in May for that oil. They have to arrange for that. Um, So that doesn't mean that's not the spot price of oil. It's not what oil costs today. It's not if you want to go buy, like, you walk up with your, you know, uh, two-gallon gas tank and, like, hey, can you fill this with oil? That's not the price you're going to get. So um, also that means if you're investing in, like, oil derivatives, exchange traded funds on the stock market, things like that. No, you are not getting paid for oil. Like it just wasn't happening. It's only if you had that contract for delivery of oil in May that closed then. Apparently this is popular with um, anyone who's a big consumer of petroleum products, whether or not it's actual oil. Uh, Airlines will often apparently hedge their prices for fuel by buying these contracts. So the idea is if they buy a contract for delivery of oil to a refinery or whatever product it is in May, right? They can trade that contract through April. And if the price goes up, someone's going to want that contract. So if the price trends are upwards, someone's going to want your contract. So you can arbitrage that. Yeah. In May, you're going to, unless you have private refineries, you're going to be paying more for oil uh, or for your diesel fuel or for your jet fuel. Right. But, You've also made some money off of the contract for the price of oil going up. So you pay more, but you caught some of it back by selling that contract. So do the you, contracts change hands.
0: Do you remember the movie Trading Space, uh, Trading Places? No. You don't. I want to say, and somebody's gonna reach out and be like, "You're way off base," but I, I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure on this. In In Trading Places, it's um, um, crap. Who's in Trading Places? Uh, I'm going complete uh, brain fart and. I'm going to have to find this. Uh I will find it in a second. What they're trading is on futures and what you're telling what you're talking about oh, yeah. are like oil oil futures and things like that. And they were trading in like orange futures and I and I know pork belly Dan futures. Did in Murphy. And Eddie Murphy, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, man. so they this trade places great. and it was all about like pork belly futures and that sort of thing. And what you're talking about is exactly that. That's oil futures on having insider trading on knowing what's going to happen with those futures. So it's not actually the price point. It's anticipating what that price point is going to be based on supply and demand. Right. So that was basically what that entire movie was predicated on was, was pork belly futures and making a ton of money off pork belly futures and basically proving that anybody could be a a stockbroker or (laughs) could invest in money um, in, in certain futures. So anyway, what you're saying with oil is incredibly interesting to me. Here's what it brought to my attention when you mentioned wanting to talk about this is, and this is a dumb question. This is one of those like Ben knows nothing. I don't know anything about the math that you were talking to me earlier. (laughs) I just assume it's right. Um, I feel smart when I castle uh, and I like eating rice with yellow sauce. So is it's so good um, is when they were talking about the oil and how much oil we were producing and how much we could actually hold. Then I thought this dumb question. I thought, but how much oil is there? And I don't mean like how much oil do is, is produced, which I didn't know that either. Um right. But really, my question had become, um, sorry, I'm changing my setting on my uh, computer real quick. Give me two seconds. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want the battery to run out. Uh, I got only 10%. Um, okay, so we're good. So uh, what I was looking at is how much oil is there? And this is a dumb thing that like the small business owner mind me it goes, okay, well, how much oil do we have? Right. What's the rate that we're producing it? How much is there total? And then that last question is one that the internet's like, the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, <laughs> no, but how much oil is there? And they're like, well, we have this much at this time. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen, internet. How much oil is in the planet Earth? Right. And the internet's like, we don't know. And we, we don't really have any idea. And so the article I was reading it was a Forbes article and it was heavily in favor of. We're totally okay, even though oil went negative, because we're producing 90—do you know how much—I I, I already started to say the money, the, the number. The do, number. do you know how much oil is produced daily, on average, this year?
1: No clue. All I know is the size of uh, number of barrels in the contract, because that's the thing I looked up. Right. How much oil is produced.
0: 93.2 million barrels of oil are produced every day. Wow. Do you know how many gallons of crude oil are in a barrel?
1: Uh, 42 or 42. 160
0: liters. Correct. So there's 42 gallons in a barrel and 93.2 million barrels produced a day. And so this article is like, we're fine. We've got all the oil we need. And I'm like, well, we do. And I see your rate and I see how much, but how much is left? Like, again, right. small business owner, but how much is left in the earth? And they're like, we don't know. And it's like, that doesn't seem renewable because then my question goes, well, how much oil was made today? Renewed. How much oil was made today? And they're like, well, oil is made by, you know, fossils being compressed over millions of years. And I'm like, yeah, so it doesn't sound like we're making it as fast as it's being taken out of the ground. So I know you're getting it out of the ground at a good rate. And I know I'm I'm the last horse to cross the line on like, hey, fossil fuels are not renewable. But just the rate at which we're taking them out at 93 million barrels a day. And they're like, we don't, right. know, we don't know how many is, how much is left in the earth. One day you're just going to go, fuck, we're out.
1: But you know, but you're saying like being the last horse to cross the line. But I think if you, if you ask anybody, is it a renewable resource you know, everybody could say, well, no, it's not renewable, but you're, you're asking those questions that a lot of people don't connect the dots on. And I think that, um. Knowing it's non-renewable, but understanding that are two totally different things. And the phenomenon, there, there's a phenomenon called uh, peak oil. It's a, it's the idea that um, at some point, a country, the world, whatever your aggregation group, at some point you're going to produce the most oil you've ever produced, right? And then you'll only produce less um, after that. Is that true? It's an idea, but the, but it's backed up
0: by things like. I am so sorry. No, no, no. Everything just crashed on me. I tried to close uh, Spotify because I have six percent battery left, Ooh. and then literally every program was like, "Well, oh, fuck you," and like everything crashed and and closed. So I'm so are very you, sorry.
1: Are you not hooked up I, to power?
0: No, I had a hundred percent when I started.
1: This is less than an hour. You still killed. All right. Um. So let's let's let's. Sorry. Press I, this I, one, I, I
0: was I was too bright. I, I guess on my display, and yeah. I had a bunch of other stuff. Right. Anyway, I blame me completely. Yeah.
1: Well, let's, let's, let's crush this oil topic then, because with, with peak oil, the idea is you're going to get less and we do keep finding more every year, but it's harder to get to. So it's more expensive to drill. Like that's why we have, um, what was it? Um, oh, not deep horizon, the oil platform in the Gulf.
0: That was that, that, so that deep horizon. That was Deep, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's what we have. Not to like
0: be convinced with the vent horizon.
1: Yes. Um, or
0: sphere.
1: Or sphere. Yeah. But, um they drill like a mile down or something like that. And of course there's going to be a disaster. That is
0: incredible to think about, by the way, when we think, but that's where all the oil
1: is going to have to be. That's what we're going to have to do. Like drilling a mile down into the ocean is going to be like child's play. That's going to be the cheap oil in the future. So the other notion of peak oil is there's going to be pressures besides, you know, it's not just, it's harder to get to and you can't produce as much because you can't just stick an oil derrick somewhere. You have to go through, through a lot of work. Oil is going to get so expensive to make that, you're not going to encourage more production, people are going to move to other things. So there's like this notion of peak oil is exactly what you're talking about, that the pressures are going to the pressures are going to put a downward it, there's going to be downward pressures on oil production before we're even out of it just because there's more. It's so hard and expensive to get to.
0: Right. That is there that that is a barrier of entry. What I was trying to think is I was trying to think of a good practical example of what we're doing with oil and how it doesn't make sense. And and again not to be like super like hippie or whatever like that like we we have oil if we can use it and use other things fine let's mitigate that let's move to those other things there's no reason not to use a source that we have unless it's hurting the environment which it kind of is but anyway beyond that i was trying to think of it and the amount that we're taking out the 93.2 million barrels a day that we're taking out and we're not making more because it's it takes too long for the earth to make it naturally is that's kind of like a kid the, the way I was thinking of it is a kid with a trust fund that just goes, well, I've got all this money and I've been taking this money out. And this last year I took out more money than I've ever taken out. And I don't right. really know how much is in there, but I keep getting it out. So as long as I keep getting it out, I'm going to keep buying BMWs. And it's like, there's just going to be one day where you go and it's like, I, I, we went three miles down and there wasn't anything there. And it's like, what am I supposed to do now? And it's like, you're shit out of luck, dog.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, we, and it's really weird that we're just in this opposite position right now because we're producing so much for all the travel we do—planes, cars, as, all these uses, plastics—and um, as a byproduct of that, there's also byproducts. We release a lot of carbon dioxide when we uh, when we when we just get the oil when we extract it, much less you know refining. Uh, but a lot a lot of that is actually we don't just dump it all into the atmosphere as is popularly conceived a lot of that's used for like medical purposes. They can't, if you're by a tank of CO2, right. it comes from somewhere. Right. Um, so a lot of those gases that we get, um, not a lot of them, I don't know what the proportion is, but some of the byproducts that come out of refining, of, of just even getting it out of the ground, go to other uses. Now, if we're cutting production, those other uses, they can't get their raw materials. So it has knock-on effects everywhere. Right. But you, but like you nail the nail on the head earlier, like all the storage is full. And even they're now putting it in oil tankers and just floating it in the ocean, just sitting ships in the middle of the ocean, paying crews, you know, to man the ships, um, just waiting for oil prices to come back so that they can bring the ship in and unload it and all the costs associated with that. It's, it's just, it's mind boggling. But imagine aliens
0: looking down at what we're doing. They're like, well, they took all the byproducts of the dead animals, right? Right. And then they pulled it up, but there wasn't enough places to put it. So then they just let it sit on the ocean, like on the water. No, they just put it in big containers, but then they just sat on it because there's nothing to do with it. And they're like, right. So do we even want to invade this? Like Independence Day Resurgence. They're like, do we even want to invade them? Or should we just, should we just kill them?
1: Like, and think about this at negative $37, because once across zero, it just plummeted. Um, a futures contract for crude oil is a thousand barrels of oil, so at thirty seven dollars a barrel. every contract they were paying out thirty seven thousand dollars and they did that because it was cheaper than breaking the contract and cutting production because of all the costs involved in cutting production layoffs, and not being able to spin them back up if demand spikes again.
0: that was them mitigating loss,
1: yeah, it was like we're just going to pay this It's kind of like um we talked about Disney paying salaries for a month before they started doing furloughs um there's a thought there's just like this cost of doing business. We don't know what's going to, there's uncertainty. It's cheaper for us to start shelling things out for the time being to keep the status quo until we figure out what the actual impact is going to be. Right. And just, it's, it's just, it's, it's wild, man. It's wild.
0: Sitting, waiting, hoping, wishing. Um, and I wish my battery would last longer on my uh, laptop. So, but, um, it won't, so it won't. So I've, I've got 3% left. But, it's uh, all. uh the, this has been enlightening. I'm going to go eat some rice. I'm going to play a game of chess and probably lose in about eight moves. Um,
1: <laughs> the only winning move is not to play.
0: That's. <laughs> Ooh, war games. Um, yeah. So anyway, nice. Good pull. Uh, anyway, so uh, I think that's been it. So uh, this has been General Geekery specifically.
1: It's been a podcast. I've been Ben. I've been Lou.
0: And I'm going to go charge my laptop.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> you're not making money off of oil.
0: I'm, I'm not. I really I I I invested heavily you, I mean our
1: listeners like it's not happening
0: I invested heavily in pork belly futures <laughs> All right man okay. this has been fun I'm down to 2%. So see ya This has been a Broken Toys Studio production Still <laughs> so good